Chapter Twelve of Hoof and Claw. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Hoof and Claw by Charles Roberts. Chapter Twelve The Cabin Door. What was known as the County Line Road though in winter a highway of some importance for the sleds and sleighs of the lumbermen was in summer little more than a broad straight trail with grass and wild flowers growing undisturbed between the ruts just now in the late and sodden northern spring it was a disheartening stretch of hummocks and bog holes with the bog holes emphasized by a leg-breaking array of half-rotten poles laid crossways it was beautiful however in its lonesome pallid wistful fashion for its hummocks where dry enough were already blooming tenderly with the first violets its fringes were sparsely adorned with the shy blooms of windflower dogtooth and hepatica and scattered through the dark ranks of the fir trees on either side were little colonies of white birch or silver poplar just filming with the first ineffable green to the slim girl who bundle in hand and with skirts tucked up halfway to the knee was picking her steps along this exasperating path the wildness of the scene its mingled harshness and delicacy brought a pang which she could but dimly understand the pale purpling of the violets the aerial greening of the birch tops against the misty sky the solemnity of the dark massed fir trees it was all beautiful in her eyes beyond anything words could suggest but it made her heart ache with something like an intolerable homesickness this was incomprehensible to her since she was already in a sense at home this was her native wilderness this was the kind of chill ethereal lonesome spring which thrilled through the memories of her childhood and she was nearing she could not now be more than twelve miles from the actual home of her childhood that gray cabin on the outskirts of the remote and wind-swept settlement of stony brook for the past three years going on for four now indeed sissy bembridge had been away from this wild home working hard and saving her wages in the big shoe factory at kingston down by the sea called home suddenly by word that her mother was ill she had come by train to the end of the branch and tried to get a rig to take her around by the main road to stony brook there was no rig to be had for love nor money too anxious to wait and confident in her young vigor she had left her luggage tied up a few necessaries and eatables in a handy bundle and set out by the shortcut of the old line road deaf to all dissuasions she had counted on making stony brook before nightfall moreover though she would never have acknowledged to herself that such a consideration could count for anything when all her thoughts were on her mother's illness she was aware of the fact that connor's gang was stream driving on the atanunsis and would be by now just about the point where the line road touches the river mike farrell would be on the drive and if she should chance to pass the time of day with him and let him know she was at home why there'd be no harm done to anybody 
For hours the girl trudged on, picking her way laboriously from side to side of the trail, and often compelled to stop and mend a bit of the corduroy roadway before she could get across some particularly bad stretch of bog. Her stout shoes and heavy woolen stockings were drenched with the icy water, but she was strong and full of abounding health, and she felt neither cold nor fatigue. In spite of her anxiety about her mother, her attention was absorbed by the old familiar atmosphere of the wilderness, the haunting colors, the chill, elusive, poignant smells. It was not till fairly well along in the afternoon, therefore, that she awoke to the fact that she had not covered more than half the distance which she had to travel. The heavy going, the abominable state of the road, had utterly upset her calculations. The knowledge came to her with such a shock that she stopped short in consternation, almost dropping her bundle. At this rate, she would be in the forest all night, for it would be impossible to traverse the bog holes in the dark. Child of the backwoods though she was, she had never slept out alone with the great trees and the mysterious night stillness. For the first time, she cast a look of dread into the vistaed shadows of the fir trees, forgetting the violets, the greening birches, the delicate spring smells. She hurried on at a reckless pace which soon forced her to stop and recover her breath. The best she could hope was to reach the river shore before dark, and perhaps find the camp of the stream drivers. She felt cold and tired and small and terribly alone. Yet, as a matter of fact, she was by no means so alone as she imagined. For the past half hour or more she had been strangely companioned keeping parallel with the road but at a distance and hidden in the shadows went an immense and gaunt black bear for all his bulk he went as noiselessly as a wild cat skirting the open spaces and stopping from time to time to sit up motionless as a stump and listen intently and sniff the air with sensitive nostrils but his little red-rimmed savage eyes never lost sight of the figure of the girl for more than a few seconds at a time. For bears this was the hungry season, the season of few roots and no fruits, a few grubs and a little honey. The black bear loves sweets and berries far better than any flesh food, however dainty, and human flesh he either fears or dislikes so heartily that only under special stress can he bring himself to contemplate it as a possible article of diet. But this bear considered himself under special stress. His lean flanks were fairly clinging together from emptiness. To his eyes thus prejudiced the fresh young form of Sissy Bembridge, picking her way down the trail, looked appetizing. Girl was something he had never tried, and it might be edible. At the same time, this inoffensive and defenseless-looking creature undoubtedly belonged to the species man, as his nostrils well assured him. Therefore, small as she was, she was apt to be very dangerous, even to go off at times with flame and a terrifying noise. He was afraid to show himself to her, but his hunger, coupled with curiosity, led him to track her, perhaps in the hope that she might fall dead in the trail and so make it safe for him to approach and taste. The girl, meanwhile, under the influence of her uncertainty and fatigue, was growing more and more apprehensive. She assured herself that there was nothing to fear, that none of the wild inhabitants of these New Brunswick woods would dare to interfere with a human being. 
the same time she found herself glancing nervously over her shoulder as the shadows lengthened and deepened and all the wilderness turned to dusky violet from the wet pools began the cold and melancholy fluting of the frogs the voice of solitude and under the plangency of it she found the tears running down her cheeks at this she shook herself indignantly squared her shoulders stamped her foot and plunged ahead with a firm resolution that the approach of dark should not make her a fool and away in the shadows of the firs the bear drew a little nearer encouraged by the fading of daylight just as it was growing so dark that she found it hard to choose her path between the pools and the bog holes to her infinite relief she caught sight of a cabin roof crowning a little rise of ground by the roadside she broke into a run in her eagerness reached the door and pounced upon it breathlessly but there was no light in the window with a sinking heart she realized that it was empty that it was nothing more than a deserted lumber camp then as if in answer to her vehement knocking the door swung slowly open showing the black darkness within it had been merely closed not latched with a startled cry she sprang back her skin creeping at the emptiness her first impulse was to turn and run but she recovered herself remembering that after all here was shelter and security for the night infinitely preferable to a wet bivouac beneath some dripping fir tree she could not bring herself however to grope her way into the thick darkness of the interior stepping some paces back from the threshold she nervously untied her bundle and got out a box of matches lighting one she shaded it with her hand crept forward and cautiously peered inside in the spurt of light the place looked warm and snug she returned for her bundle went in and shut the door then she drew a long breath and felt better the camp was small but dry and in good repair it was quite empty except for the tier of bunks along one wall a rough-hewn log bench a broken stove before the rude chimney and several lengths of rust-eaten stovepipe scattered on the floor lighting match after match she hunted about for something to serve as fuel for she craved the comfort as well as the warmth of a fire there was nothing however but a few handfuls of dry fine spruce tips left in one of the bunks this stuff she knew would flare up at once and die in a couple of minutes she made up her mind to go out and grope about in the wet gloom for a supply of dead branches though she was now conscious of a childish reluctance to face again the outer solitude almost furtively she lifted the heavy latch and opened the door halfway instantly with a gasp she slammed it to again and leaned against it with quaking knees straight in front of her not twenty feet away black and huge against the gray glimmer of the open she had seen the prowling bear recovering herself after a few seconds she felt her way stealthily to the bench and sat down upon it so as to face the two windows the windows were small so small that she was sure no monster such as the one which had just confronted her could by any possibility force its way through them but she waited in a sort of horror expecting momentarily that a dreadful shadowy face would darken one or the other of them and glare in upon her she felt that the eyes of it would be visible by their own light and she summoned up all her resolution that she might not scream when it appeared for the time however nothing of the sort took place 
and the two little squares continued to glimmer palely. After what seemed to her an hour of breathless waiting, she heard a sound as of something rubbing softly along the logs of the back wall. She swung around on her seat to stare with straining eyes at the spot where the sound came from. But of course all was blackness there, and she could not keep her eyes for more than a few seconds from the baleful fascination of the window squares. The door of the camp was a heavy one, and sturdily put together, but along its bottom was a crack of some half an inch in width. Presently there came a loud sniffing at this crack, and then the door creaked as if a heavy body were leaning against it. She shuddered and gathered herself together for a desperate spring, expecting the latch or the hinges to give way. But the honest New Brunswick workmanship held, and she took breath again with a sob. After this respite, a thousand fantastic schemes of defense began to chase themselves through her brain. Out of them all she clung to just one, as possibly offering some hope in the last emergency. Noiselessly she gathered those few handfuls of withered spruce twigs and heaped them upon the top of the stove If the bear should succeed in squeezing through the window or breaking down the door She would light the dry stuff and perhaps the sudden blaze and smoke might frighten him away That it would daunt him for a moment she felt sure But she was equally sure that its efficacy would not last very long as she was working up the details of the scheme more for the sake of keeping her terror in check than for any great faith she had in it the thing she had been expecting happened one of the glimmering gray-blue squares grew suddenly dark she gave a burst of shrill hysterical laughter and ran at it as a trapped rat will jump at a hand approaching the wires as she did so she scratched a bunch of four or five matches and threw them sputtering and hissing in the face of the apparition she had a glimpse of a small savage eyes and an open white fanged mouth and then the great face withdrew itself Somewhat reassured to find that the monster could be disconcerted by the spurt of a match She groped back to her seat and fell to counting by touch the number of these feeble weapons still left in the box She had only six more and she began to repent of having used the other so recklessly after all as she told herself that bear could not possibly squeeze himself through that window So why should he not amuse himself by looking in at her if he wanted to it might keep him occupied It occurred to her that she ought to be glad that the bear was such a big one his face alone had fairly filled the window She would save the remaining matches for a good ten minutes nothing more happened Though from time to time her intent ears caught the sound of cautious sniffing on the other side of the log walls As if the enemy were reconnoitering to find a weak point in her fortress She smiled scornfully there in the dark knowing well the strength of those log walls and Then all at once her face stiffened and she sat rigid clutching the edge of the bench with both hands the door had once more begun to creak and groan under the weight of a heavy body surging against it there was a sound of scratching a rattle of iron claws which told her that the bear was rearing itself upright against the door the massive paws seemed to fumble inquisitively then her blood froze she heard the heavy latch lift with a click the door swung open 
She felt as if she were struggling in a nightmare with a choked scream She leaped straight at the door She had a mad impulse to slam it in the monster's face and brace herself however impotently against it as she sprang however her foot caught in one of the pieces of stovepipe she fell headlong and the pipe flew halfway across the floor clattering over its fellows as it went and raising a prodigious noise through a long long moment of horror she lay flat on her face expecting a gigantic paw to fall upon her neck as a cat's paw falls upon a mouse nothing happened she ventured to raise her head the door was wide open and the doorway was quite clear a dozen feet away from it at the edge of the road stood the bear staring irresolutely he had been rather taken aback by the suddenness with which the door had flown open and had hesitated to enter fearing a trap the wild clatter of the stovepipes had further disturbed him and he had withdrawn to consider the situation in one bound the girl was at the door and had shut it with a bang the problem now was to fix the latch so that it could not again be lifted from the outside she lit one more precious match examined the mechanism and hunted frantically for a splinter of wood with which to jam it down there was nothing in sight that would serve she tried to tear off a strip of her petticoat to bind it down with but all her underwear was of a most serviceable sturdiness and would not tear she heard the bear moving again outside she heard his breathing close to the door Desperately she thrust a couple of fingers into the space above the latch so that it would not lift Then with the other hand she whipped off one shoe and stocking the stocking was just the thing and in a minute She had the latch secure it was no more than secure however before the weight of the bear once more came against the door from the heavy scratching fumblings the girl could perceive that her enemy was trying to repeat his former maneuver on this point at least she had no anxiety she knew the door could not now be unlatched from the outside she could almost afford to laugh in her satisfaction as she groped her way back to her seat but her satisfaction was of brief life the door began to creak more and more violently it was evident that the bear having once learned that this was a possible way in was determined to test it to the utmost the girl sprang up she heard the screws of a hinge begin to draw with an ominous grating sound now at last the crisis was truly and inevitably upon her and to her amazement she was less terrified than before the panic horror had all gone she had small hope of escape but her brain worked calmly and clearly she moved over beside the broken stove and stood match in hand ready to set fire to the pile of dry spruce tips the door groaned and creaked then the upper hinge gave way and the door leaned inward admitting a wide streak of glimmer for some moments thereafter all sounds ceased as if the bear had drawn back cautiously to consider the results of his efforts and then he came on again with more confidence under his weight the door came crashing down but slowly with a noise of yielding latch and snapping iron and as it fell the girl scratched the match and set it to the dry stuff in the doorway the bear paused eyeing suspiciously the tiny blue spurt of the struggling match after a second or two however he came forward with a savage rush furious at having been so long balked 
the girl slipped around the stove and just as the bear reached the place where she had been standing the spruce tip sparked sharply and flared up in his face with a loud woof of indignation and alarm he recoiled turned tail scurried out into the road and disappeared in a couple of minutes the cabin was full of sparks and smoky light the girl ran to the door and peered out her heart sank once more there was the bear a few paces up the road calmly sitting on his haunches waiting he had seen campfires before and he was waiting for this one to die down sissy bembridge knew that it would die down at once and then well her last card would have been played she wrung her hands but in the new self-possession which had come to her she could not believe that the end had really arrived it was unbelievable that within some half a dozen minutes she should become a lifeless hideous shapeless thing beneath those mangling claws no there must be there was there something to do if she could only think of it and then it came to her at first thought the idea was so audacious so startling so fantastic and she shrank from it as absurd but on second thought she convinced herself not only that it was the only thing to be done but that it was a practical and would almost certainly prove effective but there was not a moment to be lost snatching up one of the fragments of stovepipe she used the edge as a shovel and carried a portion of the blazing stuff to the open doorway here she deliberately set fire to the dry woodwork nursing with hand and breath the tiny uplicking flames she fed them with a few more scraps of spruce scraped up from another bunk till she saw that they would surely catch then with her stovepipe shovel she started another fire in the further corner of the camp and yet another in the uppermost bunk when satisfied that all were fairly going she retrieved her stocking from the broken latch reclothed her naked foot and set her bundle safely outside then she looked at the bear still sitting on his haunches a little way up the road and she laughed at him at last she had him worsted she darted in through the doorway now blazing cheerfully all up one side and dragged forth the heavy bench that she might have something dry to sit on while she watched the approaching conflagration her calculation and she knew it was a sound one was that the cabin a solid structure of logs would burn vigorously the whole night through and terrify the bear to final flight if it should by any chance die down before full daylight she would be able to build a circle of small fires with the burning remnants and she felt sure that in daylight her enemy would not dare to renew the attack in another ten minutes the roof was ablaze and soon the flames were shooting up riotously the woods were lighted redly for hundreds of yards around the pools in the road were like polished copper and the bear was nowhere to be seen sissy dragged her bench and bundle still further away and sat philosophically warming her wet feet the reaction from her terror and her sense of triumph made her so excited that fatigue and anxiety were all forgotten she grew warm and comfortable and finally opening her bundle she got out a package of neglected sandwiches and made a contented meal as she was shaking the crumbs from her lap she heard voices and pounding splashing hoofs from up the trail she sprang to her feet three lumbermen came riding into the circle of light and drew rein before her in astonishment sissy bembridge you cried the foremost springing from his saddleless mount the girl ran to him 
oh mike she exclaimed crying and laughing all at the same time and clutching him by the arm i had to do it the bear nigh got me take me to mother quick i'm that tired end of chapter twelve